Hello, this is Pastor Brandon Fender, and I'd like to welcome you to another transforming message from right here at Living Way Church. I believe that your life will be impacted by the words you hear today. For more faith-based content, check us out on all social media outlets. Now let's go live into the message. The Holy Ghost is a big part of taming our tongue. Last two sessions, we've talked about the powerful weapon that our mouth is. Tonight, we will jump into your mouth controls the direction of your life. Your mouth with God's word creates and transforms, and then we'll get to in a couple weeks, that your mouth cannot multitask. It cannot do a lot of things at one time. When we hear the word tame, it is defined, brought into service, bringing under control to harness as a source of power. Some of us have let our mouth loose, and we have, in turn, reaped things that we do not want But I'm here to tell you that as a believer, God has given you the power to subdue and control your mouth and to bring it under subjection and to harness the power thereof. Remember, everything that you say, you will eventually see. Everything you say is a seed that you will plant, is a seed that you will plant that's going to produce fruit that you, not someone else, but you will have to eat. If you don't like what you're eating, say something different. If you don't like what you're seeing, say something different. Tame in Greek, exim moreno, means this, to discipline. We need more discipline in our lives. As disciples, a disciple is a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. You should not have or it should not take a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or being around other Christians for it to change the way you talk and what you're doing and how you're living. We should be carrying Jesus with us everywhere. And that discipline, that discipled life should be and must be at the top of our list. Taming the Greek means to overpower to subdue. Proverbs 18 verse 20, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, meaning this, you will be filled by what you say, and with the increase of his lips will he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Every word that you say is either bringing death and destruction or life and resurrection. Let me say that again. Every word that we say is either bringing death and destruction or life and resurrection. There are no neutral words. There are no kind of words. You are either resurrecting something or you are destroying something. You are either speaking love and light and wholeness and faith or you are speaking doubt and negativity and destroying. Realize when you speak to someone, you are either building them up or tearing them down. When you declare Declare something, you are either building them up or tearing them down. We've got to watch our mouth, church. And used to, we would tell you to be quiet until you can say something good, but that does not just take discipline. It takes more discipline to not be quiet, but to say the right things, to speak the word of God, to speak in faith, even when your body doesn't want to, even when your circumstances don't call for it, to speak life, to speak faith, to speak the word. Your mouth is a powerful weapon. Last week we talked, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 through 13, that your mouth is the gateway to your next. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If claiming and declaring Jesus is Lord, believing in our hearts to the point that we declare it, remember the devil believes in Jesus. He just does not declare him Lord. 
The fact that you believe and came out here on a Wednesday night, the fact that you worship any, and listen, somebody in here, you worship through the pain tonight. You worship through the tears tonight. You worship through the discomfort tonight. You worship while you had the bad news tonight. But I am here to tell you why you have worship and why you have said, Jesus, you are Lord. If it was good enough to save you two years ago, it's good enough to deliver you tonight. It's good enough to heal you tonight. It's good enough to challenge you to become what God has created you to be. It's on us and it's in our mouth. For if with our heart, the Bible says, you believe and are justified, declared righteous, it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Anyone who believes in Jesus, the Bible says, all who call, verse says, all, verse 12 says, all who call on him, everyone, verse 13, who calls, who unleashes with their mouth, the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's go on and move on to some new material. Your mouth controls the direction of your life. There is something to be said about the way that your life is headed, the way you're pointed. But what we don't understand is, is we don't go like our physical body goes. We don't go in the direction we look. Our spiritual life goes in the direction of the words we say. Your spiritual life, if you've been here on Sundays at 11 talking about Zoe, your spiritual life is the most important life that you have. It is more important than the bios life and the suke life. It is more important than your body. It is more important than the state of your mind. The zoe, the divine part of life, the, 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 the heavenly part of life, the God part of life, that is the most important. And so there's a lot of us who continually work on the physical, and we're continually training our minds, but I want to encourage you, you need to start with your spirit man. Because when you start with your spirit man, your physical man, and your mental man have no choice but to line up with the direction your spiritual man goes. So it's not just about having vision. I know a whole lot of people that died with vision. I know a whole lot of people that were looking the right way, but they weren't going the right way. I know a whole lot of people who said, I see it, but they never obtained it. I don't want to just see it. I don't want to always tell, tell you and talk about things to come. I want to be able to say, look, this is what God is doing now. This is what my life looks like now. And that happens with the direction of our life, which is controlled by our mouth. Let's go to James chapter 3. James, the, book, the entire book of James is probably my favorite book in all of the Bible. I love it because not only the spiritual application, but the physical application. But here in, in verse 3, most of us never read past chapter 1 and chapter 2, but in chapter 3, verse 3, it says this. It says, we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal around by a piece of metal, a bit, that you put in their mouth. Now, for those of you who, who don't know what a bit is, I've, I've got a bit. I went down and got one out of Bishop's office. Uh, he had a, a lot to choose from in his office. Uh, th this is, is, is a bit. Now, this is kind of a severe bit. Because uh, this bit looks like it was made out of a chainsaw. Uh, but what happens is, is you put this bit on a bridle. You put it in a 1,200, 1,400, 16-pound 
animal in a horse's mouth, and you now have control of that horse. Isn't it amazing that less than a pound of metal put in the right place can literally control? The Bible says this, we put a bit in the horse's mouth to make them obey us. Can I encourage you, your mouth is never going to fall in line just because. You're going to have to make it. See, when I was raising our our kids and they were, I say I like I'm a single dad. Sorry, Mandy, if you're still watching. When Mandy and I were raising our kids, at first we made them do things. We made them obey. I remember the first time Tyler got caught for lying. said, Tyler, why shouldn't you lie? He said, I shouldn't lie because you'll whip me. That's a good start. Let's just stay there. But as he grew up, after we made him obey us, Don't lie to us because you're going to get whipped. If you ask him now, why shouldn't I lie? I hope the answer would be, well, I don't want to be like the father of liars, which is Satan. It grieves God when I do not tell the truth. The Bible says the liars will have their place in the lake of fire. You say that seems to be a really wicked punishment for such a small thing. Could it be that God is not looking at the lie to send you to the lake of fire? Could it be that he says, because you can't control your mouth, You can't get to where I'm calling you to be. It's not the lie that sends you to hell. It's the proof that God has given us everything that we need to get ourselves under control, to bring our mouth under subjection and make ourselves obey the word. But we just let our mouth just loft out things all the time. And we say things like, I can't. And we say things like, he won't. We say things like, God didn't heal me, but he healed them. I don't know what's wrong. And maybe maybe God's mad at me. And maybe God's teaching me a lesson. No, no, no. That's not not right. Can I encourage you that the tongue in your mouth is the bit. It's a very small thing in your 200-pound body. But I'm here to tell you that if a bit can turn a 1,600-pound animal's life around and body around, that when you get your mouth under control and you make it say what God wants it to say and you don't let craziness come out and you don't let lack talk come out and you don't let negative talk come out and you don't let profane talk come out, and you don't let gossip talk come on now, and you don't let demeaning talk come out, and you don't let lies come out, and you don't let defamation come out. He said it's a small thing, but it'll turn the entire body. A lot of times we talk about where we're looking. I don't need to know where you're looking tonight. I need to know what you're saying tonight because what you're saying tonight means more for your future than where you happen to be looking today. The bit in the horse's mouth makes him obey. Been walking with God now for 23 years, and I'm talking about for real, for real, F-R-F-R. 23 years I've been walking with God. 23 years I've had to rebuke my tongue. 23 years I've had to apologize for what my tongue has said. 23 years I've dropped the ball before. 23 years I've let negative things come out. But I'm here to tell you I'm getting a whole lot better at 41 than I was at 21. And now I really don't have to make myself obey. Now I'm wanting to obey. And so when those things are on the tip of my tongue, I swallow them and say, nope, those things are not going to come out of my mouth. Why? Because the direction that God has taken me depends, depends on what I'm saying. How something so small can control and have an impact on something so big is absolutely amazing. Verse 4, let us go a little deeper. 
after he talks about the bitch, James talks about the ships. Says, or it takes ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. Wherever the pilot wants it to go. So who's controlling your mouth? You can blame a lot of things on your stepdad, but you can't blame your mouth on him. You can blame a lot of things on what happened to you when you were eight years old, and I'm not naive to the pain. It was a tough season of your life, but you can't blame what happened then. You can't blame what happened then on how your mouth is talking now. Why? Because you are grown up. You are full of the Spirit of God, and you should be full of the Word of God. And so you are the pilot of your ship, and you are the one that controls the rudder. A rudder is a vertical blade, and I think most of us have seen them, at the stern of a vessel that can be turned horizontally to change the vessel's direction when in motion. Here are three rudder facts that I want to I liken to our lives and our mouth. The, 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 the definition says that the rudder controls the vessel's direction. That the, the one who controls the rudder literally controls where that boat is going to end up. If you don't like where you are now, it's because of a bad rudder movement last week, last month, last year. And you can't blame someone else for controlling your boat. Because if you put them in control of your boat, that's on you. I know a lot of us are praying about the, the boyfriend or the girlfriend or the person that we have hooked ourselves up with. You picked them. We're not overseas. This isn't arranged marriages. You picked the problem. In some cases, you married the problem. In some cases, you've exacerbated the problem. And then you have the nerve to ask God to get you out of the problem that you slept with last night. We get our set. Let, let's get off of sex and relationships. Let's talk about money. We make $500 a week, we spend $800 a week. We make $2,500 a month, we spend $3,500 a month. You're trying to keep up with the Joneses, and the Joneses don't like you, don't know you, don't care who you are. And here we are going further into debt, going further into debt, going further into debt. And then we have the nerve to ask God to get us out of debt when God said, I'm not the one who was swiping that card every other day for things that you knew you could not afford or you did not need. I'm not against nice things. I'm just against mortgaging your future for now, for things that aren't going to matter 48 months from now. Some practical information that you don't even have to pay Dave Ramsey $120 for. Do not put furniture on credit. Don't say, well, I'm not going to have to make a payment for five years. In five years, that couch is going to be in the dump and you're still going to be paying for it. Because you controlled the rudder of your life. You can't complain about where you end up when you've been steering the whole time. Well, I didn't steer my boat. Who, who's in your boat? See, I trust my boat. I trust everybody in my boat. That if I get sick for a week, I'm not going to be a week off target. 
that if, if, if I'm not right for 48 hours, I'm not going to be 48 hours outside of God's will. I've got a wife that I can control to man the boat or woman the boat for 48 hours. I've got kids that I can trust at least for a day or two to keep us straight, to keep us going the right place. I've got parents. I've got friends. I've got a church. I've got people I know that are going to help me steer. But I'm going to tell you who I trust the most. I trust God and I trust me. And if I've got the stern in my hand, if I've got the miracle in my mouth, why am I waiting on you to talk? The miracle's in my mouth. Tame your tongue. It controls the direction of your life as you turn, as you put pressure. We'll get to that in just a second. It controls the direction, the vessel's direction. Number two, when you look at the definition of rudder that we shared, it says it changes the vessel's direction when in motion. I don't know if we even get past this tonight. The rudder only, remember the rudder's the tongue. The rudder only works when the boat is in motion. There has to be some sort of movement for the rudder to work. Some of us are standing still and wondering why the rudder's not working. Some of us are saying the right things. We're just not doing the right things. Some of us are speaking on Wednesday night, but we ain't living it on Thursday. Some of us are saying something's broke with the rudder. Something's wrong with the rudder. And God's saying, no, the rudder only works when the vessel is in motion. If I can encourage somebody the last four months of this year, get some motion in your life. Get some forward movement in your life. Get some motion in your worship. Get some motion in your prayer life. Get some motion in your faith. The preceding chapter of this, I told you I love James. James chapter 2, he says faith without works is dead. Faith without motion. Faith without action. He said I hear a lot of people talking but I don't see a lot of people moving. If I could say one of the worst things that has happened in Western church is, is we have taught people to declare something without doing something. And they sit on the couch at home and they watch a live stream like this and they say, God, I want you to bless me. And God, I want you to bring me out of Egypt. And God, I'm headed to my promised land. And God, I want you to give me double for my trouble. And God, I want you to anoint me. And then we flip on to the next Netflix documentary expecting God to do all the work. I've got good news and bad news for you, baby. God has done all the work he needs to do. That's why he said, it is finished. Everything that needs to be done on this earth that I can do is finished. Now I'm leaving it up to you. I'm leaving it up to you. The rudder only works when there's movement. Your, your, your declaration, you can tame your tongue. Pastor, I haven't gossiped in a week. Yeah, but all you've been doing, the only reason you haven't gossiped is because you haven't been on the phone. No one stopped by your house. You say, I haven't, I haven't said anything crazy all week. That's good, but it was Labor Day. You didn't even have to go to work on Monday. It was just you and Oprah Winfrey at 3 o'clock. You've got to have some motion for what is coming out of your mouth to work. Why is your mouth moving, but you aren't? Why is your mouth working, but you aren't? 
Your mouth and body must be moving at the same time, church. That's why I don't have a problem in times of grief. I've said this and I'll say it again. I don't have a problem with people grieving. I don't have a problem with people weeping. But you can worship while you weep. You can serve while you grieve. You can do all of those things. Listen, if you want to run a camera with big old tears streaming down your face, we will let you do that. We want you to do that because we don't want you to stop moving forward just because you've had a season of loss in your life. Number three, the rudder only works when there is pressure against it. The greater the pressure, the bigger the move. The greater the pressure that, that, is, that is hitting against that rudder, the greater the move. And, and when, when you study the rudder, when the rudder is, when the, when the boat's moving at a fast speed, and that rudder shifts to the left or right and catches a lot of resistance and a lot of pressure, the entire boat will swing around in a fashion that you don't even know a boat can do. Can I encourage somebody in, in this room tonight and watching online, the moment you tame your tongue, the moment you get some direction in your life, the moment you get some forward motion in your life, I'm telling you, your rudder, your tongue is going to bring a big shift in your life, and it's going to cause a big God move in your life. Some of us are one statement away from the biggest miracle we have ever seen. Some of us are one declaration away from the biggest outpouring of God's Spirit that we have ever seen. Can I encourage you, keep speaking, keep declaring, but keep moving and realize the greater the pressure, the greater the move. I know there's somebody in the room today that 2023 has not been your year yet, but you've got four months months left and the devil's been after you and the devil's been on you and the devil's been trying to take you down and you say he's never attacked me like this before. Oh, it sounds like a lot of pressure. Keep declaring the works of God. Keep declaring the word of God because I believe that as big as the attack is, God is getting ready to swing that thing in to your favor. Somebody say, I got to fix my mouth. I'm out of time, but let, let me just go on just a little bit, little bit longer. What do you sound like under pressure? What are you saying under pressure? What do you, what do you walk like under pressure? Not, not physically. What does your walk with God look like when it's the toughest season of your life? What, 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 what is your word? What are the words coming out of your mouth? Are they betraying what God wants to do in your life, even as big as the things God wants to do in your life, as big as the boat is, I found this to be interesting. Even the Titanic had a rudder. The Titanic was 882 feet long, 92 feet wide, 104 feet tall, weighed 46,000 tons. And it had a rudder, but the rudder was still very small in comparison. The rudder was 78 inches by 15 inches weighed over a 1,000 tons. But this one wasn't handled by a lever. It was one of the big wheels that you see in the movies. Those wheels had cables that went down to the rudder, and the captain can steer. But this is the thing. They say that you, they, they never train captains on the wheel. They always chain, chain them on the, the rudder with the handle. 
because the wheel, you've got to turn the wheel 8, 10, 12, 14 times before you ever see any movement in the ship. You know what that encourages me, is, what that encourages me about, church? Some of you have been spinning the wheel. Some of you have been praying. Some of you have been declaring. And you haven't seen your boat start to turn yet. You haven't seen your life start to turn yet. But can I encourage you that what you did in June, that prayer you prayed, you spun that wheel. Can I tell you the worship that you gave while you were weeping, you were spinning that wheel. And you might not be able to see it now, but what you did in January, you're going to be able to see in September. What you did in September, you're going to be able to see in January. I'm here to tell you, keep declaring, keep, keep talking up Jesus, his word. His promises are yes and amen.